Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. Even when we win, it's just a matter of time before we give it all back. This is the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally you get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here. What up, homies? Thanks for streaming today's Bet Slippin' Podcast. It's our college hoops Final Four betting breakdown, and we brought a heavy hitter in from the college sports betting uh, space, NBC Sports Edge, sp- college sports betting analyst, Tom Casale is here to help us break down this weekend's Final Four. First, let me bring in the co-host and the homie, my handicapping homie, Nathan Beagle, a.k.a. Nate Dog. Nate, what's up? What's up? Yeah, I'm pretty excited uh, for this episode. Got the blue bloods in action, as they as they say it. So, uh, yeah, big thanks to Tom for jumping on. Uh, excited for it. Yeah, well, my bracket got ripped to shreds last week. The only thing I'm excited about is the, my Big East uh, still has a team in there, and maybe they could make me look smart in saying they're the most underrated conference in basketball. Tom, I got a lot of college basketball hot takes to throw at you, but first, let me introduce you. Well, I already introduced you, but why don't you say something? Uh, introduce yourself to the audience. Sure. Yeah. Uh, name's Tom Casali. I work for NBC Sports Edge. Been following college basketball closely for over 30 years since the old days in the Big East Conference. So uh, it's a sport I love and I love to handicap and, you know, hopefully come out ahead more than I don't come out ahead. <laughs> and you're a sports betting analyst over there at NBC Sports Edge, right? Yep. And they can hear you. Uh, listeners can hear you on their uh, uh, sports betting edge as a podcast called uh, Bet the Edge. It's hosted by Sarah Perlman, Sarah Perlman and, and Drew Dinsick. Uh, but they brought you on a lot recently because you're the college sports betting guy over there. And you've done a, a great job. I uh, I particularly liked your handicap for the Iowa State-Miami game, which I was on the wrong side of last week. I thought you did a killer job breaking that down. So I'm excited to bring you in here. Um, what were some of the, like, the surprises or... I guess, wins that you got in the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight last week, Tom? Yeah, I mean, some of the surprises for me is uh, how poorly the SEC played in the tournament. Uh, You know, I I thought their defense and athleticism would cause problems. I went back and looked at where I might have made a mistake. And the thing is, is those teams don't shoot the ball well. So when a bunch of teams don't shoot well from the outside, maybe their defenses are a little bit overrated. You know what I mean? Because they're struggling in conference. So I was surprised by that. I thought a couple of those teams uh, would make a run. I wasn't surprised about the high seeds losing. Uh, I thought it was going to be a crazy tournament. I I didn't think the higher seeds were necessarily a lot better than everybody else in the field. 
And obviously St. Peter's beating both Kentucky and Purdue. I thought one big upset was impressive. I didn't think they were going to beat Purdue uh, too. So, you know, and then they finally ran into North Carolina, who's also been a bit of a surprise. You know, I, I know some smart people were on them early in the tournament and it, it kind of turned me on to them. I didn't think from the team I saw most of the season, they would get to the final four though. But if you reseeded the tournament on who's playing the best, it's probably North Carolina. Absolutely. They're rebounding travels. Like they're just an amazing rebounding team. And that, 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 if you can clean up the glass like they can, that puts you in the mix for beating any team in the country, really. So that's kind of what they do. And um, I thought you mentioned on the uh, last podcast that I heard you just pointing out how North Carolina really solidified their lineup in between their first and second meeting between Duke and kind of ironed out the rotation. That was actually a pretty savvy point. Uh, that I picked up on from you as well. I don't know if do I have that right? Does that that's a point that you made, right? Yeah, and it's something that you know I know John Calipari's talked about a lot at Kentucky that you know he could care less if they lose to Duke in the first game of the season. That's like a practice for him. He doesn't even know what his lineup's going to be till after Christmas. So and you know you got to remember we have to remember Hubert Davis was a new coach too. Mm -hmm. So I think it took him some time to figure out who plays when, who plays where, and once he figured that out. The, not only did the team play better, but their biggest weakness, defense, got a lot better. I mean, at the, you know, at one point in the season, North Carolina had – they were playing some of the worst defense I saw uh, from any of the major conference teams. But that really improved, and when they can get their pace going, their speed, they're tough to beat. Well, uh, what, do you have any remaining Final Four teams, or is your is your winner still alive? How's your brackets looking? Or your, your well, my brackets were done a couple hours into the tournament. If I'm being honest with you, but I did have <laughs> Kansas in the final four. Uh, I bet that was the first bet I made uh, back in October. I took Kansas plus eighteen hundred to win it all. And as, when I went into the tournament, I didn't know if I still loved them because I think they're a little soft in the paint. But the way their bracket lined up, I thought, well, this is oh. probably going to be Kansas because so easy. Yeah, it was easy. And, you know, I had Auburn as well at a big number. But by the time the tournament started, Auburn was running on fumes and they were the two seed there. So, you know, I thought Kansas had the easiest road. So I I had them in the final four, but the rest of my final fours are, are long gone. Yeah, that's a good call. I heard you flirting a little bit with Miami uh, last week when you were previewing the Sweet 16, but you ended up get, keeping your uh, – not you didn't hedge any anything, did you, with the Miami-Kansas ticket? No, I'm going to – I I always hedge based on the number, 18 to 1. Like Auburn, I had 70 to 1. If Auburn was in the final four right now, I'd be betting the other way just because you have so much money to play with. With the injury to Villanova, I'm going to ride Kansas into the final game and see if I can get there, and then I'll make a decision. Gotcha. Nate, before we talk about the final four, let's recap some of your, I guess, uh, elite eight. Or, or sweet 16 best bets and, and you're in your final four how's how's your stuff looking over there yeah i did all right i had a uh, nova i believe they were plus two ended up maybe plus one and a half against houston um i also had miami minus two and a half and then i missed on ucla minus two and a half that was that was really disappointing i think Hakez's injury kind of uh increasingly caused them some trouble he they he was so relying in isolation game and like they were so relying on him instead of juzang and but it, it is what it is ucla went down they were my big final four contender out of the east so aside from that so two and one i'll take it 
Yeah, I went 2-2 two two in best bets in the Sweet 16. Whiffed with Texas Tech over Duke. Hit with Houston over Arizona. Um, missed with UCLA over UNC, and that just officially sunk my bracket. I had UCLA beating Auburn in the uh, final game. Obviously, Auburn went down, I think, in the, the, the round of 32, so I wasn't close with that one. But I held the future ticket for UCLA and felt good about it. Felt good about it up until halftime or the second half of that game against UNC when they fell apart. I thought Hawkeyes looked pretty good in the first half. He was getting out, getting off quality looks, but they uh, just couldn't bring it home. The Bruins and I, I did, um, you know, follow my Big East bias and took plus seven and a half with Providence, and that ended up being a winner. So, uh, game in, game out. I'm roughly even, maybe slightly up uh, this NCAA tournament, but. I have zero futures remaining, zero Final Four. Uh, it kind of st- stinks, but hopefully Tom can help us, uh, me, Nate, and the listeners uh, make some money here on the Final Four. Let's talk about the first game um, that tips off. Both games tip off Saturday in New Orleans in the Caesar Superdome. Uh, the first one is the South Region second seed Villanova Wildcats versus the the one seed from the Midwest region, Kansas Jayhawks. Tip-off is at 6 o'clock, 6.09 Eastern Standard Time. Um, the line right now is Kansas minus 4.5. Uh, the, the Villanova is getting a little bit of juice. Obviously, shop around for all these prices. Um, I'm going off the odds provided by our sponsor, Tipico Sportsbook, which is operational in Colorado, New Jersey. Before I give out my best bets, I'll do some housekeeping and, and read an, uh, an ad from them. But uh, four and a half, Kansas is the favorite. The total sitting at 132 and a half um, with the over juice to minus 115. We'll start with you, obviously, Tom. You're our esteemed guest. Um, do you see any advantage or uh, an edge in betting aside or, or uh, the total in this game? So, I mean, the number is a little bit high because of the injury to, to Justin Moore. It's probably be two, two and a half if he plays short a uh, rotation for Villanova. I think Villanova is going to come out hot. I kind of like the, I kind of like them in the first half and maybe the first half under of 62 and a half, uh, you know, when, when Nova's fresh and, and riding the emotion of playing without one of their starters. I think as the game goes on though, it's just going to be too much Kansas. This is something I might look as a live bet. If Villanova gets a lead, I, both these games are tough. The lines are very tight. So I think there's going to be more edges to live betting. So if Kansas is down early or at half, I think they would make a great bet going into the second half. Uh, and, and if you're looking for a prop, I think Jermaine Samuels is like 14 and a half for uh, for his points. I think he's going to give Villa, uh, give Kansas some trouble down low. You know, my, my problem with Kansas all year is they've been a little soft in the paint. And they, they guard the perimeter well. I think that's where Villanova is going to attack, especially without one of their guards. So that's what I would look for in that game. Nate, are you uh, seeing any value in this Villanova-Kansas meeting? I think if there's value to me, it's probably a Nova plus four. I think just the inconsistencies we saw in the first half against Miami. And then it's more about, like you harp on all the time, it's more on Jay Wright, the coaching at this level. So what he did against Michigan, he took Hunter Dickinson out of the game. He shot six for 16. He held Michigan to 55 points. Then against Ohio State, Ohio State only had two players go for over six points. Then against Houston, I understand Houston went one for 20 from the field. I watched – or one from 20 from three. I watched that, and I was like, I have no idea how the Cougars are missing some of these shots. 
So it was some. It was partially them missing, partially the Villanova defense. And Villanova only shot twenty nine percent from the field in that game, and they still won by six. And I think that has some credence to just how well they are defensively and how well coached they are, especially with Gillespie in there, his experience. I like Nova plus four. I don't. I'm. I have. I'm not sold yet if it's going to be a best bet for me. Considering how the game may play out, I don't think I like the total at 132 and a half. I think the first half under the first half unders were extremely hot in the round of six or the Sweet 16. So uh, I can't hate on the the first half under play Tom gave out. So, but I like Nova plus four. I think they've just been holding all their opponents so closely, and they they just make the opponent do what the opponent doesn't want to do. And for Kansas, they only have so many scores. Like McCormick went off against Miami. I don't think he'll be able to do that against a team like Villanova. Yeah, I, I kind of side or lean towards Villanova in this one, getting the points because they're the better coach team. Um, you know, I, I think Jay Wright's the best in the business. Um, and, you know, according to all the trends, like this is just a profitable spot for Villanova. I'm not such a trends player, but, I mean, it's hard to ignore how much better they are against ranked teams since 2016, which – uh, Villanova has won two national championships since then. They're 13 and four against the number uh, in NCAA tournament games. They're 36 and 21 in neutral site games. So it's hard not to just take Villanova plus the points. And I'm also, I'm kind of thinking about the over here. And I really have not much analysis for it other than like it feels like the under is going to be a very popular play. You guys talked about that trend. I, what was it? Uh, what what was the under trend that was hitting a uh, clearing at a at a pretty crazy clip? I uh I remember one I saw. I can't verify it. I didn't do the verification, but it was. This is kind of good listener insight too. If the first half is ten points off of the total, you bet the second half over. Yeah, so that's... we're at one thirty two and a half. If the live second half total is over under one hundred twenty two, you would bet the over, mm-hmm. and it. I heard it was hitting at like a 68% rate for the last decade. Well, yeah, that's like an old like college basketball, like handicapping trick type thing. But I didn't know if like, I'm, I'm trying to source a specific trend that I'm kind of whiffing on right now, but I know the unders were cashing at a pretty high rate in the NCAA tournament and given Villanova's slow pace, both teams, um, very good defensive efficiency. It feels like most of the public would be on the under here. And, um, you know, maybe it starts out slow and, and, and Tom's under in the first half connects, but both teams are good free throw shooting teams. Villanova is the best in the country. I guess Kansas is more, uh, uh, average throughout the country. So I just feel like that zagging on, on a popular play, uh, of the under would, would be a profitable look. I also was looking at, and I would like to hear your feedback on this one, Tom, but I was looking at uh, Gillespie's over three-point prop. Now, he hasn't been shooting it very well lately, but he's attempting a lot. Now, he's um, averaging eight uh, three-point attempts in the tourney, and um, I feel like he's due for a slump-busting performance here against Kansas, or at least be able to connect on over two-and-a-half three-pointers which is going at plus 117 for Tipico. I know you just gave out a Jermaine Samuels player prop, but any thoughts or insight on that player prop that I just uh, spieled out there? <laughs> yeah, well, Gillespie and uh, Caleb Daniels are going to have to take on an even bigger role here because if you look at the other guards on the team, uh, they don't play much 
I, I think Jay Wright's going to try different, some different, uh, see, see if he can uh, throw something at the wall. If it sticks, he's going to try all three guys. If somebody gets hot, he's going to keep them in. Somebody's turning the ball over. He's going to take them out like that type of thing. Cause none of those three reserve guards say anything about, Hey, we're, you know, we're ready to go here. So you're going to look at more Gillespie and, and Daniels. And that's kind of why I uh, went with Jermaine Samuels. I think you're looking at three, four guys for Villanova who are going to dominate the offense because they simply just, they don't have any coming off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very top heavy uh, team. I think they only really use like a six man rotation. Like you're saying, there's question marks about Justin Moore's health. So that adds more like uh, strength or further supports both your and my handicap. It's just like Gillespie and Samuels is going to get more usage. you, You would figure. So I like where your head's at on that. Uh, Nate or Tom, do you guys have any other like thoughts about this game, uh, picks, or, or just like analysis before moving on? Not really. I feel like it's just – I think it's a good position for Nova. I'm not 100% sold either way, but uh, they've, they've just been so good this tournament, so I can't, I can't go against them. Hey, you know and I'm biased. Kansas 0-2 versus Big East teams here in the NCAA tournament. Does that matter at all, Tom? Probably not. Does it matter? No, I think the injury is a bigger deal, to be honest with you. If if Villanova didn't didn't have the big injury coming into here, I would lean hard to them. Or if they had a deeper bench that played more throughout the season. It's just at this point in the season, when you take out a key player and the other guys aren't used to playing much, that can that and that's kind of why I like Kansas in the last ten minutes of the game. It, it, Villanova might run out of gas. They play so you know they they play so hard. They play with so much intensity. And if you only have four or five guys doing that against a team like Kansas, you could run out of steam at the end. Yeah, I guess their one small saving grace is Moore was very good most of the tournament, but at least they'll have Dixon to at least kind of replace him. I know uh, it's not going to be quite the same, but. Uh, We'll see because they're they're I don't even know who will play after that. They don't have a single other they don't have a seventh player averaging more than like eight minutes a game. No, they're gonna so, have to keep they're gonna have to they're gonna have to keep Kansas's scoring under sixty points. If if Kansas is in the high sixties, low seventies, they can't compete, I don't think. Yeah. So are you looking well at not warm up? If you're if you're betting Villanova, would you be interested in in a in a correlated parlay taking the under and Nova? But the I mean, you you mentioned the over. See, the, the, the thing that's hard about bet, one of the ways this game could easily go over is you mentioned free throw shooting. You know, Villanova is like, they never miss at the line. So you know, that, that's one of the things I think you see how the game's going if you're going to bet it live. If Villanova looks like they're going to have a, a – if it's a lower scoring game, but Villanova looks like they might have the lead in the last few minutes – you're talking about a lot of extra points added on there because they're going to get fouled. They, I mean, talk about a team that doesn't miss. Uh, they were 100% last game. You, you can't get any better than that. Yeah, Ken Palm's got them at 83% on the year. Of course, number number one in the entire country. The last note that I have about the the uh, the over is that it's uh, opened at 132.5, at least according to pregame.com. Roughly 80% of the money is on the under, and that number has just stuck. Um, so it feels like the odds makers are pretty comfortable with their line and are willing to accept more under action. That's like my last um, like betting factor into looking at the under. But 
Oh, man, it's great having you here, Tom. I threw a bunch of square shit your way, and you chopped it with your sharp analysis. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Going to injury factors, and I'm just over here firing out meaningless trends. Good stuff. All right. Let's uh, talk about the second uh, Final Four game, which is um, you know, the biggest rivalry in the sport, really. Eight-seed UNC representing um, the... The East region plays the two seed from the West region, Duke. Both ACC teams, of course, obviously longtime rivals. Tip off is at eight forty nine Eastern Standard Time right now. Duke is favored four and a half, but uh, a lot of juice is on UNC, at least according to Typico Sportsbook. Total sitting at one fifty and a half. No juice either way. The minus one ten, your standard minus one ten on either side, at least on Typico. Nate, going to you first. Do you like this game more or less than Villanova from a uh, Villanova Kansas from a betting perspective? So I'm not necessarily going to be taking a side on this. The one opinion I wanted real quick is Tom, when you, I guess for the for the listeners as well, when you start your handicap on these games, are you going to take into consideration basically anything that happened in the regular season? Because each, each side got blown out yeah. at the other sides, and that that seems very odd. I'm not sure. Do you give any any thought to the regular season matchups between these two? Not the outcomes, because like one of the narratives you're going to hear is this is a revenge spot for Duke, blah, blah, blah. This is yep. the final four. OK, Duke's going to be up for this game no matter if they play UN. There's good. That's going to be overblown that they're playing UNC. There's two games left to win the championship. They could be playing St. Peter's. They could be playing anybody, and they're going to be up for this game. So the fact that North Carolina beat them the last time out, I don't think has anything to do with the outcome of this game. You're down to four teams. They can see that trophy. Uh, They're all going to be up. They're all going to give their best effort. And, you know, to me, it's hard to judge what Duke did at the end of the season because they, they weren't even trying on defense. When Syracuse loses Buddy Beheim and you can't blow that team out, something's wrong. Uh, as somebody who follows the Syracuse basketball team, there might not be a more important person to a team than Buddy Beheim is to Syracuse. And to take his scoring out of there and let that team score the way they did, that was a big red flag for me. And if you watch Duke play at the end of the season, there was no defensive intensity. They weren't getting out on shooters. And that kind of changed in that Michigan State game. And since then, they've been playing a lot better. So I think it's hard to look at that last game um, in terms of the outcome. And North Carolina was a completely different team when Duke blew them out. So it's hard to look at those two games, I think. No, that's what I was hoping you'd say. And I feel like everyone needed to hear that because that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, it's the narrative. When um, last week, I kind of bet I was I was telling Jeff this earlier. I was just like, I'm going to just play the astrology card. I'm just going to play, hey, North Carolina is going to play Duke, and that's what they're just going to do because that's just like it just felt right. Like I did, I didn't think Arkansas ever necessarily stood a chance in that game. Um, and I think people needed to hear that, hey, this isn't Duke. Duke was going to get up for this game no matter what. Like it, didn't, it doesn't need to be UNC. Sure, they're playing. Sure, Coach K's last game. If I had to roll with a side, I'm probably rolling with UNC plus four because I have a feeling that this game's going to be close. Now, uh, what I wanted to do is I wanted to bet, and the logistics of there's 83% of the cash on the over right now, and it's blossomed to 151.5. I kind of like the under in this position. So UNC is 
four and two on the over under in the in postseason play. And one of those that went over was against Baylor and there was 53 fouls called. So we're going to assume that that's not going to happen again. So Duke is two and two over under all the money's on the over. And I think the other thing to note is Duke's a 70 uh, top 75 team in offensive rebounding rate. And as we kind of already mentioned earlier, UNC is one of the best rebounding teams in the entire nation. They rank second in defensive rebounding rank. Um, I think there's going to be some jitters. I think both teams having huge centers is going to help. There's not going to be a ton of rebounding opportunities. The second chance opportunities aren't necessarily going to be there. And I'm not sure I'm going to be sold on both teams continuing to be snipers from three point range. So uh, I'm going to take under 151 and a half prop might be my best play in the, uh, in the final four. I just, I'm not seeing both teams playing how, how they have been in this one. Tom, do you see any value in the UNC Duke rivalry game? to end Coach K's career, perhaps. What a, what a hell of a storyline, by the way. I hate to say it, but I like Duke. I think they're going to win this game. I don't want to say easily, but I think they're going to pull away in the second half. I think the game they needed to lose was Texas Tech, and I thought Texas Tech played a heck of a game. I got to tip my hat to Duke. They just played better. Uh, if you watch from the, at the end of that Michigan State game on, Duke has played very, very well. Uh, Arkansas never really stood a chance. Texas Tech, I mean, their defenders were up in their grill all game long, and the Duke guards were making plays. Uh, I think Duke missed their opportunity to get, to, to get out of this tournament. And I, I think despite what happened in that last game, and I'm telling you, something was wrong there at the end of the year. I don't know if it was the pressure of the kids uh, with the Coach K stuff, you know, I, I worked for the Patriots the year they went undefeated uh, and lost in the Super Bowl. And after that game, after they lost, the players told me about the pressure, not from the media. They don't care about the media. It's from the family members, their moms, their brothers, calling them up and saying, you're going unbeaten. You're going unbeaten. And I feel like we saw some of that at the end of the season for Duke, like just the pressure of having Coach K's final season on their heads. you know. And, and now the great thing about the tournament is you just – you take a deep breath and you reset. And I just think we're seeing a different Duke team. So um, I like them to win this game. Yeah. I, I really like UNC up until like I saw the betting splits and I saw that nearly 60, uh, two thirds of the money is coming in on UNC and just like the old expression, public dogs have fleas, right? Like, you know, like it's, 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 it's tough to be on the same side of the house who needs the better team to win. And Duke is unquestionably the better team on UNC when it comes to, when it comes to just talent. Um, obviously when well, I was going to say, obviously coaching, I, I have nothing against Hubert Davis, but Davis, but it's his first season, right? Well, this is his first final four. I mean, yeah. coach K has a big edge there. He's been here multiple right, right. times. Yeah. 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 I've, I've actually read about that. Yeah. Coach K has been there a couple of times, <laughs> uh, but uh, the thing that just like, makes it hard for me to, to, to bet against UNC is 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 their rebounding um, advantage and really anyone in the country. I mean, they're, they're one of the best rebounding teams or out-rebounding um, opponents in the, uh, in the tournament by roughly 12 rebounds per game or, excuse me, 11.5 rebounds per game, which is just crazy just to kind of give you an example of how big of a gap that is between them and Duke. Or tell you how big of the gap it is. Uh, Duke is out rebounding their opponent by um, one and a half rebounds per game. 
Um, so like, I just, you yeah, know, one thing to remember about that though, is North Carolina played Marquette who can't rebound at all. They played St. Peter's who has a small team compared to North Carolina, not even close. They played Baylor with their top big man out for the season. So yeah, they, they're a good rebounding team, but Duke is going to be by far and away the, the biggest, you know, top rebounding team they faced in this tournament. Fair enough. Okay. Um, well, you kind of inched me towards Duke because of, you know, I, I almost wanted to fade my square analysis of UNC. And then when I saw the, the betting splits um, heavily favoring UNC, it kind of pushed me closer to Duke as well. Um, so that's the side that I'm going to end up on. Do you have any player props that you're looking at in this game or uh, any any um, analysis for the total, Tom? The, actually, my favorite bet of the weekend is in this game. It's Brady Manick, over two and a half, three-point shots made. He's played Duke twice. He shot 23-pointers. He made 11 of them. So that you talked about past games. I don't. The outcome doesn't matter to me, but obviously that's how they're going to use him against Duke is more on the perimeter um, than on the inside. And if you look at his NCAA tournament so far, he's attempted 34 three-pointers. So the opportunities will be there. He'll shoot between eight and 10 three-pointers in that game. Uh, and the way he's been shooting it in the tournament, I think over two and a half uh, for Brady Manick is a good play. So to our, all of our Typico listeners, right now Typico's got Brady Manick's made three-pointers sitting at two and a half, overs at minus 120. So um, in terms of player props, it's a pretty cheap, it's a pretty cheap price point. You know, um, yeah, I love that play. Uh, I, that's actually good stuff, Tom. I like that a lot. Uh, do you have a player prop you're looking at here, Nate, or any further analysis on this game itself? I don't. I was looking. So I guess the one thing that I wish we did more of, it's basically impossible to predict the future. You know, we, we can't <laughs> well, predict that. Um, I try it well, like every day I try. <laughs> but it seems both. It seems almost all parties are reasonably on a Duke Kansas final. Both favorites to advance. Yeah. I mean, is that that's fair to say, right? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the favorites are typically you know more popular for sure. But neither of us are necessarily. I I like Nova plus four, but it seemed like Tom was on Kansas and Duke, and it seemed like. I think Duke. we're all in agreement that the numbers are all really sharp. Like, there's yeah. not a lot of value here. Yeah, and I should say I think both games are going to be very competitive. I, I think both Duke and Kansas could pull away later. But I don't, I don't see either team being up like 15 at the half. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and remember, when you get down to – I have a big edge in November and December. We're down to four college basketball teams. There's no more edges. The, you know, the, the odds makers are on these babies. The, you know, way more people are betting these games than they did in a random game on January 10th. So it's hard to find an edge in these numbers. For sure. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Continue with your point, Nate. Oh, I was just kind of saying in theory, would you suggest maybe the favorite favorites parlay? Like it's it's plus 130 just to get both money line odds. Is that something you'd suggest or something you'd advise to stay away from? Because I'm sure many people listening, everyone loves parlays. We don't really give out parlays. Oh, no. um, <laughs> is that is that a I feel like those are actually decent odds. I feel like Kansas and Duke to win at plus one, 130 is decent odds. Yeah, no, that's that's not bad. You know, I don't bet a ton of parlays either, but if you like both teams to win, you know, again, you're you're laying four, four and a half in those games. It's uh, especially I think the Kansas game. Villanova is a hard team to blow out unless they're just missing every shot. You know, Villanova is going to grind you down. They're going to defend you. They're going to try to make a 
you know, uh, a 40 minute game seem like it ends in five minutes, right? The, they, they really want to shorten the game. So they're a tough team to blow out. So yeah, no, that, that makes sense. If you like both the favorites at plus plus one thirty. you're, you're going to be looking for some value live betting this one, huh? Yeah. Okay. Are yeah, do you, um, we're, we're, we're getting to the end of this puppy, but I need you to plug, uh, your company and your Twitter, but kind of fusing both conversations together do you give out live plays in your twitter or you just or do you um kind of bunker down i don't give them out only because i think it's so hard for people to get the number that i'm getting yeah, uh you know what i mean and uh the but the thing like uh i bet i bet duke live when they got down to texas tech in the first half just because i thought well you know now they're getting to what were they get they were getting like five points at one point so you're seeing a big switch in the number that's what i would look for in both of these games if the favorites get down i think there's value especially in the kansas game because as we mentioned does villanova run out of gas at some point with and i know it's only one player who's out but again they don't have other players on the bench that that contribute much. Yeah, it's one so of that's six. the one I think I would really look at. All right. Good stuff. Um, and yeah, again, plug your Twitter, plug whatever you got, got a, um, on your, um, uh, or whatever you want before, before we bid you adieu. Sure. You can see all my college basketball and soon in a, in a couple months, college football stuff at NBC sports edge. And you can follow me on Twitter at the Tom Casale. Oh, and I did this whole pa- I'm sorry, man. Who do you like to win this thing? I mean, you 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 like Kansas, you like Duke. Who do you think ends up winning the whole thing? I think Duke wins it. Yeah. Uh, I, I think hate to hear it. I hate to yeah, hear I, it. I think if it's Duke and Kansas, uh, you know, Bancaro and those guys are going to be too strong for them inside. So with a Kansas future, if it's Duke, I'm probably going to hedge. Yeah, it's a storybook ending that a lot of people just vomit in their mouth hearing. <laughs> yeah, but hey, I mean, I, it would be cool to see Coach K go out and win, and and I mean, I, I they are the most talented team remaining in the tournament. Man, thank you so much for joining us. I know you've been really grinding uh, the past few few weeks, and you know the whole college basketball season. So just taking out a little bit of your time to connect with us and the best slipping listeners, I really appreciate it, man. No problem. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks again, Tom, for joining uh, the Bet Slipping Podcast. Before we get over to our uh, final segment with our best bets, we like to call going to the window. Let me just pay some bills here and shout out the uh, odds provider and sponsor of the Bet Slipping Podcast, Typico Sportsbook, who's live in New Jersey and Colorado. And you can use their uh, easy and mobile, uh, fast and easy mobile sportsbook app. Um, and for a limited time, new users from this podcast can get a special welcome bonus at usatodaybet.com slash podcast. That's usatodaybet.com slash podcast. And if uh, terms and conditions to apply, you must be 21 or older. So please see Typico's website before gaming. Um, and if you do have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER for New Jersey, one 800 522 4700 for Colorado. The Bet Slippin' Podcast. Going to the window. All right, Nate. So um looking at the final four here. What are what are your best bets uh for this upcoming weekend? Two of them. We're going uh strictly against the public on these. UNC Duke under 151 and a half, and then Nova plus four. Nova Both. plus four. All right. I don't hate it. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going to go Villanova plus four as well. 
I'm going to go over 132.5 in the Villanova-Kansas game. And then I'm going to take two player props. There are three-point player props. The first one that I gave out, the uh, Colin Gillespie, over uh, 2.5 three-pointers made at plus 117 on Tipico. And then I'm going to steal Tom's Brady Manic three-point prop made. He had over Brady Manic two and a half three-pointers made. Um, I thought it was sharp analysis. It's trading or it's uh, going for minus 120 on Tipico Sportsbook. Um, and I end up, and I and I do think um, Villanova ends up winning the uh, national title. Again, I am a bit of a homer, um, but but a Big East homer. Nate, who do you end up think? Or who do you think ends up hoisting the? Uh, the the national title. I hate myself for doing it, but I think Duke wins it. I'm with Tom. I they're just playing so good. It's it's the it's the astrology. It's in the stars for Coach K. The cosmos, great. All right. Well, <laughs> hey, I mean, I mean, it's it's we're flipping coins here. Maybe your analysis works better than Tom's. Tom gave us some Tom sharpness. Had, Tom had good reasoning. Tom had good reason. I'm just going Coach K's right off, baby. I mean, we're covering all the bases here, I bet, Slip, and you're giving the or astrological <laughs> view of sports betting. I'm giving trends. Tom is actually giving insight and analysis. So, um, obviously, we'll That's be why back. why we bring guests on. That's why we have guests. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we, we know where we excel and where we don't. Um, college... Uh, sports betting isn't our main expertise, but we got homies that kill it in there. And uh, Tom definitely kills it and he killed it on this podcast. So big shout out to him. Um, catch him on Twitter and at NBC sports edge. Uh, do you have any uh, parting thoughts for the listeners? No, just enjoy betting. Be safe. Uh, have best a, have a good weekend. Yeah. yeah best, best of luck. luck. Enjoy the final four. All right. Peace out listeners. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. This is the Bet Slippin' Podcast. Featuring Jeff Clark from USA Today Sportsbook Wire. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I mean, it's the gambling business. Occasionally get punched in the face. You're listening to the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm shocked, shocked to find that gambling is going on in here.